477 years I spend vanity and pride. Now the end of the chorus at Calvary. Say the blood of the 
of your church, just write a little short testimony. Oh, I like the whatever. Now, I don't know how you'd word it, but uh, it's kind of good for people to know that you like your church. And so write a short testimony and then uh, it'll get posted on, on the website. You know, it's, it's good, it's healthy. And it's, um, it's encouraging to let people know that you at least think well of your church. And that's important. Okay, that you don't just come because you're forced to, but you come because it is a blessing to come. 
and it's good for others to know that you enjoy coming to your church. Okay? So can some of you do that? Do that. Don't be so excited now. <laughs> okay. Um, I have a real hard time with complimenting a chef at a restaurant. Sometimes we, no, if you've ever been out with Carlton for lunch or anything like that, he's always so bubbly and uh, extra, extra, thank you, you're a good cook, like that. And he, he, he's not mean to serve as a good cook, he says that, you know, out of fun, and uh, sometimes he'll say, tell the cook this is really great, things like that. You know what it does to the ones who hear those words? What does it do to the chef or the cook or whoever's doing all that stuff? Sometimes he'll thank a server. Uh, profusely, it's almost embarrassing, but he's just like that, and it's not a put on, it's just the way he is, and so it makes. And I listen to the server, oh, thank you, oh, oh so nice of you, oh, yes, it, it, it makes them feel good, and uh, it encourages them to do a good job. Ever had bad service? <clears throat> Ever had bad service? I get bad service all the time, fast food places. These people don't want to work, they just you know, hair, they get, get out of my face, you know, kind of attitude, and they just. They, you walk into a McDonald's or someplace, they just look at you like this. Okay, you're telling me you don't want me to come. You're telling me I'm not glad that you're here. You're telling me we don't want you as a customer just by their, okay? So, but it's different when you go to an establishment and they at least are uh, nice to you. So, when you, when you write something, it is helping other people to see that, you know what? This restaurant's good. We like this restaurant. What are you doing in here? <laughs> oh, I'm just, I shouldn't have said anything. No. <laughs> Sorry, I just talk out loud sometimes. Too much, all right? Okay, so for what that's worth, it's worth something. It really is. Okay, uh, let's see. There's a birthday coming up. Uh, let's see, birthday's here. Kristen's birthday's on the 16th. Frank's on the 19th, and Sam is on the 25th. Don't you know Sam is already thinking about that? That guy. You tell him to be on time for something, he'll always come late. Time to go to the beach, he's there 20 minutes early. Time to go play basketball, 20 minutes early. Time to go to the park, 20 minutes early. Time to get up for church. Where's everybody? Oh, brother. Anyway. I guess we're all like that, aren't we? We're having some trouble with the recording from Sunday morning, from what I understand. Um, don't know what's going on. We hope to get it fixed. So you pray about these technical things. Uh, it's happened uh, twice now in the last two weeks. And so we need to try to get solving that. I don't know what to do about it. And he was working on that. So do pray about that, those little things. Okay. All right, uh, nothing else to give you as far as announcements go. Uh, take tracks with you every time you go somewhere. You never know when you can give them out. And so uh, do that, all right? Be consistent in that. You just don't know when you might have a chance to give it a track. You just don't know. You just don't know what it leads to. Because we don't know, we just are faithful to give out. Okay, uh, prayer requests, anything? All right. All right. Let me ask this: Who has a complaint today? Who has a complaint? Mike has a complaint. You have a complaint. Anybody else besides three honest people? 
you have a complaint? Um, just anything. No? You complained this morning about something. <laughs> just kidding. All right, Francis, I'll let you go on. you know and I couldn't help it I was at McDonald's picking up I call it lazy meal lazy to cook at the house so I go there and it was a blind man I think you've seen him walk up with a with a uh, antenna or baton you know and he was picking up food and walk up there there was a lady at the cash room and uh, asked him what he wanted and so he told told her what she wanted and he reached inside there and he peel out pull out a, some pills and he feels it he knows what is five dollar what is so you know and then gave the lady handed to the lady a five dollar bill and the lady did not want to take the five dollar bill and tell her I cannot take that. That's dirty. That's dirty. And I'm saying, excuse, excuse. I was right behind the, the man. I said, excuse me, ma'am. And the supervisor standing right there said, ma'am, ma you take this lady out of here. She cannot serve people, you know. She, she said this guy's money is dirty. Tell her to put a pair of gloves on so she can... Then I didn't see the lady for a long time at the, at the front, you know. But service, you know, I mean, you pay for a service, you know, it should be served, you know. <laughs> anyway, so, and we deal with that. I do security, so we deal with that all the time, you know. Uh, you have to be a hypocrite a lot of time, you know. Put on a stupid smile, you know, and <laughs> make people happy, and they walk back. <laughs> yeah, I, it's a fun job, you know. <laughs> you got any more complaints? Yeah. Plenty. Not now. All right. Let's sing our last song before Mike comes. Uh, Number 464, 464, I will praise him. In all these, praising, right? The complaints too, right?
Chapter 4, we are on letter S, still on letter S. Today I'm going to give you a topic from the Bible, and it is going to be found in 1 Peter chapter 4 for our opening text. I want you to look at one verse, and that's verse 10. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, the Bible says, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Notice the word stewards in there. Stewards. So I'm going to be giving you a message about stewardship today. Stewardship. Being a good steward. What exactly is a steward? The definition of a steward the Bible is one who is given the responsibility of managing or overseeing something. Now, God has made every Christian a steward. And you speak stewards of certain things in your life. Different people have given different responsibilities and different stewardship over different things. But I want you to look at another verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. If you are saved, God is your Lord and Master. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and you are not your own? For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So everything that you own is basically God's. You are not your own. You're bought with a price. God owns you. You are supposed to be a servant. God is your Lord, your Savior, your Master. Everything that you have, God has given you. You understand? You say, well, wait a minute. No, that's not true. I worked hard my whole life. The money that I have, I saved it up, and I maybe invested or something, and I've worked hard. And, and what do you mean if God gave it to me? Well, God gave you the job, right? 
God gave you the health. God gave you the ability. God gave you the all of these things that we have, good things that we have, our health, our money, our income, whether you received an inheritance, a gift, whatever it is, ultimately it came from God. And God owns us. We are not our own. We are bought with a price. Therefore, everything that we have, we have been given that by God. And in a sense, it is God's. We are we belong to him. Everything that we have belongs to him. And he has allowed us to be stewards over these things. And that's the, the, the way that you should view these things in your life. Uh, God could take it away anytime he wanted. You know, Job, when he lost just about everything except his life, he said, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know what Job acknowledged? Job acknowledged that all his, all of those things that he had, his wealth, even his children, and all of those things, Job acknowledged that God had given him those things. And because God had given him those things, in a sense, those things belonged to God. And he said, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Regardless, good or bad, blessed be the name of the Lord. Okay, that was Job's attitude. That should be our attitude as a Christian. God has made us stewards over some of these things. It, he has um, enabled us and it is our duty to be good stewards of what God has entrusted us with. He has given some of us money, uh, some of us families, children, jobs, uh, talents, all kinds of things. And we need to be good stewards of what God has entrusted us with. Uh, I want you to go to Luke chapter 12. There's a parable that Jesus gave, and he gave a parable where there was a wide steward and there were also foolish servants in Luke chapter 12. You ever heard people say, it's my money, I'll do whatever I want to with it? You ever heard people say that? No, it's not your money. It's God's money. You better not do whatever you want with it. You better, yes, sir. We even say, Mike, as you know, when it says my body. There you go. Yeah. There you go. My body, my choice. Right? That's with this latest abortion debate. That's the, that's the latest thing that we've heard, right? My body, my choice. Well, there's two things wrong with that. Number one, it's the baby. No, it's not her body. It's the baby's body. It's. Right. Yeah. But even if it was her body, okay, <laughs> uh, no, it's not your body. It's God, God's body. The Bible says you're not your own. You're bought with a price. Glorify God with your body and your spirit, which are God's. It's not your, oh, well, it's my body. I'll do whatever I want. I'll, I'll decorate. I'll dress the way I want. I'll modify my body. I'll decorate my body. I'll, I'll do whatever I want, you know. The tattoos, the piercings, I'll look whatever. Nobody's going to tell me how to look or it's, it's my body. No, it's not. Okay, that's a very selfish, carnal attitude. Um, look at Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verse 42. And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward? whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion over meat in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. 
Of a truth I say unto you, that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. But, and if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat the men servants and maidens, and to eat and drink and be drunken, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him as portion with the unbelievers. And that servant, which knew his Lord's will, and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not, and did commit things worthy of stripes, shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. So we see there, there's a wise steward, there's some uh, foolish servants, there's one guy who, he knew what to do, but he said, well, you know, my Lord delayeth his coming. What does that sound like? That sounds like somebody says, oh, yeah, I know Jesus is coming back soon, but, you know, I have time to goof off and play around. And then there's another guy who, uh, it sounds like he was ignorant about some things, and he got not of a severe, harsh punishment, but he was still punished. And so... These things are very serious. Now, I'm going to give you three things this morning that we should, as believers, as Christians, we should be good stewards of. The first one you should be a good steward of is your time. Your time. God has entrusted you with time. We should be good stewards of our time. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, it says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. What do you do with your time? What do you do with your time? What do you do with your spare time? You might be saying, oh, spare time. I wish I had some spare time. Uh, well, you know, you, maybe you don't have spare time like you wish, but I'll tell you what, time is very valuable. You should never waste time. You should never kill time. You ever heard people say, well, I'm just trying to pass the time. I'm just trying to kill the time. You know, I have, I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm in the, uh, the waiting room at the doctor's office or something. Boy, it's been, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And so I'm just going to just kill the time. I'm just passing the time. No, 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 no. You should never do that. You should use your time very wisely. I remember one time at uh, Halava when I was teaching and I gave these guys a homework assignment to memorize a Bible verse. I said, okay, I'm coming back next week. You guys, some of you guys, regulars in this class, I'm giving you a little homework assignment. I want you to memorize this verse, whatever verse it was I gave them. I said, I want you to memorize this verse, uh, preferably out of the King James Version. And uh, when I come back, uh, I'm going to call on some of you guys to see if you memorize that, this verse. I said, you have a whole week to do it. So I came back the next week. And at the beginning of the class, I opened up the class. I said, okay, who all was in here this, this class last week? And many of them raised their hand. I said, okay, how many of you memorized that verse that I told you to memorize? Oh, and they looked down and oh, and nobody had it memorized. And I said, jokingly, let me guess, you didn't have enough time. <laughs> and they start laughing. <laughs> didn't have enough time, right? You're in prison. You're doing time, right? <laughs> Some of you just got it. Uh, you're serving time. You have all the, most of those guys have all the time in the world. They couldn't memorize one Bible verse in a whole week. Now, some of them, they just forgot. Some of them, it wasn't important enough to remember. I said, didn't have enough time, right? <laughs> Joking. Uh, some people, they say there's, if you 
do an interview, a survey. You say, what, what's, what are some things you wish you had more of? Of course, the most common answer would be money. But a lot of people, they say, I wish I had more time. I wish I had more time. I wish I had more time. I wish there were more hours in the day. I wish I had more time to do certain things, to spend time with my kids, time for exercise, time to do this, time. I wish I had more time. And I tell the guys in the prison, I said, listen, you guys, uh, you guys have something in here that a lot of people on the outside wish they had more of, and that is time. I said, listen, don't come here to prison and, and, and be all depressed and discouraged and sit there and waste time watching TV and playing dominoes or whatever you, some of you guys do. I said, listen, use this to your advantage because this is very, very valuable. What you have here is time. The Bible says redeeming the time. Some of you guys, you wasted time on the outside and that's why you're in here. And now you have something that's very valuable. Make sure that while you're in here, use it to your advantage very wisely so that when you get out of here, I don't see you back in here in a few months, which happens a lot. Time is very valuable. When, a lot of times when people go into, into prison and get incarcerated, there's, there's a saying in it and the saying is, you do the time, don't let the time do you. What that means is, when they're going in there and they're faced with this lengthy sentence, especially first-time offenders, they're very tempted to get discouraged and depressed and even suicidal because they can't handle the fact that they're going to be in there incarcerated for several years. And that saying, you do the time, don't let the time do you, basically means use that time, utilize it to your advantage. Get involved in some programs, educational programs, Bible studies, learn a trade, do something productive. Don't get discouraged and depressed and don't let the time do you, you do the time. Now, of course, I'm not talking to incarcerated convicts, but there's a principle there. What do you do with your time? Are you a good steward of your time? You know, when I go somewhere and I know that I'm going to be sitting there, maybe at the dentist or the doctor's office or something and waiting there in the waiting room, I prepare myself to redeem the time. I take with me a book. And I sit there, and I don't just sit there and, oh, what, oh, oh, what's the TV, what's on, Oprah, or something like that, or stare at the wall, or just play on my phone. No, I take a book with me, a good book, something educational, something, whether it's it's um, Bible-based or, or something that I can use constructively, that I can educate myself with or something, not just for entertainment purposes, okay? Uh, that is redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. Some of you, I'm sure you say, well, I wish I had more time to study the Bible or to memorize verses, or I, and I just don't have enough time, and I understand that. Uh, but, you know, you have to be creative with your time. You have to be creative with your time. When I was in Bible school, you know what I would do? I had a delivery job where I drive. I did a lot of driving during the day, and I had to go to class at night. And you know what I did? I would get me some little note cards and, and my homework assignments or memory verses or whatever it was, I'd write those things down and I'd uh, tape those all over the dashboard and the, 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 the horn on the steering wheel and all over the place. And every time I'd stop at a red light, instead of just standing there, 
looking at the red light, waiting for it to turn green. I'm studying. I'm studying. I'm preparing myself. I'm using my time wisely. I'm memorizing scripture while I'm working on the job. Sitting, driving around at the at the red lights. I'm looking. I'm looking for studying for my test. I would make a, a, a recording of a audio recording of my voice with the questions and answers for my 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 tests and all those things. And I'd play that over and over and over in the radio, hearing that stuff. That I that's how I would study for school is while I was working, but it wasn't distracting me or taking my I wasn't stealing time from my employer. I was redeeming the time and using the time wisely. I was very creative with my time. And you're gonna have to get creative with your time. Did you know that the average American used to waste time? It used to be watching TV. You know what it is now? This device right here. Did you know that the average person spends five hours a day on their cell phone? Five hours a day. If you calculate it every single minute, now it's not consecutively, of course, well, for some people it is, but the average person spends five hours a day on this device. Now, can you use this device wisely? Is it always a waste of time? No, there's this. You can there, you can read the Bible on your phone. You can read other books, Kindle books or whatever they call. I, I prefer the old-fashioned you know, paper and ink. I, I don't want to stare at a digital screen all day. But uh, there's there's you can things on the internet that are that are that are good and and, th and, and videos and all of that. And I utilize the internet and and uh, you know for to my advantage and for my studies and, and things like that and to be informed with with current events and all of that. And so it's I'm not saying it's always bad to be using your cell phone, but I can grant you this: many people waste a lot of time with this thing. It's like, a, it's like a, a, a toy for a lot of people. In fact, I did some research and they said the average American spends two and a half hours on social media every day. So half of the time that's spent on the cell phone is definitely a waste of time. Two and a, you don't need to be on social media unless it's part of your job. Two and a half hours a day? Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, this... Just a waste of time. Waste of time. Two and a half hours a day. I remember one time at work, we, on the way to work, I saw a co-worker got pulled over by a cop. And uh, when we got to work, when he arrived at work, you know, we live on the North Shore. It's just Cam Highway, two-lane highway. Everybody goes the same way to work. You know, it's not like you're on the H1 or something. So everybody sees everything. And on the way to work, everybody, they saw him recognized his truck and he's there get, getting pulled over by a cop on the side of the road and we got to work everybody asked him what happened we, what happened we saw you got pulled over by a cop he said yeah i got a ticket for being on my phone while i was driving <laughs> and then he told us he wasn't talking he wasn't even texting he was looking at instagram social media while he was driving if you are looking at social media while you are driving, I wonder how many hours a day you're looking at that when you're not driving. You have a, every, and then everybody's laughing and making fun of him. They said, man, if you have to be looking at that while you're driving, you have a problem. You need to delete some of those apps, buddy. You are just wasting time, wasting time. 
So you need to be good stewards of your time. And at the judgment seat of Christ, I guarantee you, God's going to say, okay, here's the time that you had on earth. What did you do with your time? Did you waste your time? Did you uh, kill time? Or did you redeem the time? The Bible says redeeming the time. You know, uh, before you were saved, guaranteed, you wasted a lot of time doing things you shouldn't have done. And once you get saved, you should redeem the time. You say, okay, you know, before I got saved, I used my time to do things that were ungodly. I'm going to try to make some of that up. I'm going to spend time learning the word of God. I'm going to spend time memorizing scripture. I'm going to spend time passing out tracts. I'm going to spend time coming to church. I'm going to redeem the time. I'm going to try to be a good steward of my time. And there's another thing that you should be a good steward of. Not just your time, but your talents. Your talents. God has given everyone certain abilities. You say, I don't have any talents. Well, maybe you haven't discovered some of your talents. Or maybe you need to learn a certain talent. Okay, you, you, just because you haven't naturally been gifted with something doesn't mean that you can't develop something and be a good steward of your talent or, or your ability. Go to uh, Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, look at verse 15. And unto one he gave five talents. Now, of course, in this context, talent is money. It's Jewish currency. It's not uh, a gift or ability or, or something like that. Uh, and unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man, according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Now, God has given everybody certain abilities to do certain things. If you can walk, talk, breathe, you have the ability to do something. And you have the ability to do something for the glory of God. The Bible says, whatever you do, do all unto the glory of God. You have the ability to do something to glorify God. Now, maybe you need to find out what it is. Maybe you need to try certain things here and there and see what you're good at and, and how God can use you in those respects and all of that. But you know, just as all the parts of the physical body have a certain function, all believers contribute to the body of Christ. All believers collectively in the church, in this dispensation, the church age, are called the body of Christ. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it likens the body of Christ to the physical human body. And not all members of your body have the same function. My eyes do not have the same function as my fingers. But they all help my body as a whole. You know, some people say, well, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not called a full-time ministry. Or I, I, I could never teach or preach behind the pulpit or something like that. Maybe not. <laughs> but you can do other things. You know, I could get along... If one of my, if I lost one of my fingers, I could still get along in life. But I'm still happy to have one of my fingers. Uh, they still have some purpose. Not every part of the body has the same function. You might say, well, okay, the brain and the heart, you know, those, and, and the eyes, those, those are the most important. Maybe, well, they're granted, they're more important than than your toenail, okay, but. 
Uh, you, God gave you toenails for a reason, right? Uh, God gave you every every part of your body that you have. It has some sort of function and sort of purpose and a role for your human body to function correctly and, and healthy. And so the body of Christ has all kinds of members with all kinds of abilities, all kinds of talents, all kinds of backgrounds, and everybody needs to contribute to the body of Christ and especially with a local church. In a local church, there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes that a lot of people don't realize, and if we didn't have those things, I mean, the, the, the local church could not operate to its full capacity. It's not just the preachers and the teachers and the song leader. You see this, this platform that I'm standing on? This thing right here? Was this thing here when we moved into this building? No. Did it come with? No. Where did this come from? Francis? You built it. We built it. Okay. Somebody had to build this, right? Did we hire somebody from the out? Did we hire outside help to build this? No, we didn't. We used people in here, in our congregation, to contribute, to help with this. See, and a lot of people, I mean, who, 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 knew, who, who saw that being built? I didn't. I heard about it. I didn't see it. It wasn't during a church service. <laughs> All right? It's during the week, during outside of the, the operating hours of the church, things happen. There are people that have abilities that they can contribute to the body of Christ and the local church. And a lot of times they think that, well, how how can how could I be used? Well, Sometimes you just have to think outside the box. Sometimes you just have to approach the pastor and say, Pastor, you know, I I'm, uh, I am have this hobby or I'm good at this or this particular skill. Do you think that there's anybody in the church or, or you yourself personally could maybe benefit from this in some way? You'd be surprised. Pastor might say, you know what? Let me ask Miranda or something. I think there's somebody that, you know, that, that, that could use that. There are people that are skilled with auto mechanics and different types of labor skills, construction, uh, just all kinds of things. Music and all, uh, internet. We have a website, right? Well, we need somebody to be able to maintain the website and, and th that takes skill. Not everybody can do things like that. The sound system, the computers, the all of this, the electronics, all of these things. There's all kinds of things. And even if you think, well, you know, I, I don't have any type of special skill or anything. Okay, do what you can. Do what you can. You might find out that once you start doing certain things that, oh, you know, I enjoy this. Or, or I, I didn't know that I could do this. Or and you can discover all kinds of things. So... Be a good steward of your talents, your talents, your abilities. Number three, be a good steward of your treasure. Money, money. Good stewards of your money. You know how many times I've read something where somebody is, is talking negatively about money and they say that 
Money is the root of all evil. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. It's one of the most misquoted verses in the Bible. Money is not the root of all evil. God has entrusted people with money. And you better be glad, you better be thankful that he has because a lot of us wouldn't have a job if that wasn't the case. And a local church has bills and financial responsibilities and requirements, financial requirements and things in order for it to operate just like any other organization. Uh, How can you be a good steward of your treasure, of your money specifically? One way is to spend it wisely, wisely. The Bible says that the prodigal son, he wasted his his father's inheritance. He wasted it with riotous living, riotous living. What does that mean? Well, if you read the passage, you know what it means. He went out and he wasted his money on worldly entertainment. He went to Vegas. He went to the casinos. He went to the fine dining restaurants and the best luxury resort hotels and, and, and went and it's, and it's said that he, he did all these things. And it even says he wasted his money with prostitutes in, in the Bible he did all of these things and he just wasted his money on, on all of those things. Buying things, uh, had friends that were friends only when he had money. And when the money ran out, the friends left and you know the end of the story. It's amazing to me how many people are in so much debt. Unnecessary debt because of their poor spending habits. In Proverbs 22, 7, it says, The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. The borrower is servant to the lender. You should try to be debt-free as much as possible. Did you know that the average American has over $23,000 of debt, and that's non-mortgage debt. That's not talking about, well, you know, you, you bought a house and then you have a mortgage and you, you owe this much to the to the bank because you got a loan to buy your house. I'm talk- no, outside of that, non-mortgage debt, the average American has over $23,000. If you add up student loans and credit card debt and interest and, and all of this other stuff, over $23,000. The borrower is servant to the lender. I have heard conversations from people, coworkers, that that they talk about how much debt they owe, and a lot of it is credit card debt and car payments and all of this, and and they they talk about it so casually, uh, and then they talk about how they're they're going to go on this vacation or they're they're buying this car or the brand new furniture or or something or. You know, they're, they're going to go to, they're taking off work early because it's kind of slow and they're going to let somebody take off work early and they're volunteering to go home. They're saying, oh, I don't know if I should leave. I should stay. I, I owe so much money. I, 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 I don't know. And, and, and then they just, oh, whatever. And then they just give into the temptation and they just still just go home early. And when they just said that they owe so much money in debt, I'm thinking, how in the world? How old are you? You're only in your 20s and you owe how much? You're in this much debt? And you just bought like a this brand new car and your car payments and they're talking about 
all of their, their surfing trips that they went on all over the world and, and how they're, they come home and they're broke and, and they're in debt. And I'm thinking, man, I, I just wouldn't be able to sleep well at night just being in all that debt. But you know, these, these credit card companies and these banks and everything, they have made it so easy for people to go into debt because they're just collecting that interest. Some of those companies, they want you to be in debt. That's how they make their money. Interest. You pay off, you, you pay so much more money in that interest because of your debt. A lot of times it's because people, they, they live above their means. They have poor spending habits. To be a good steward of your treasure. Good steward of your treasure. God has entrusted all of us with some money. What do you do with your money? Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. You know, I'll tell you one way that you can be a good steward of your money. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Look at verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according his purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. You know, one way you can be a good steward of the, the, the money, the finances that God has entrusted you with is to obey that verse right there, is to give, is to give. You've heard, you've heard the saying where they say it takes, it takes money to, to make money. You know, you're starting out a business. There's a lot of business expenses starting up a business. A lot. I mean, I've had a small, I've had, I have somewhat of a photography business. Small, small, you know, um, sole proprietor, they call it, just a single individual. You know, I had to get the, the tax ID number and all of that. And I uh, did these um, art shows, these these trade shows where I'd go and sell my photography. And you know what? It's, I Before I even made my first sale, I had to spend money. I had to, spend, I had to have my inventory. I had to have my all the materials for my booth and the, 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 um, the racks and the stands and all of those things and had to order all these, you know, these prints on the wall thing. Uh, by the way, I was talking about um, using your talent. I never thought that my photography talent would ever be used for the for a local church. But there it is. I'm not trying to brag. I'm just giving you an example, an illustration. You see, you never know. You just have to put yourself out there and, and yeah. let people know what, what you can do sometimes. But anyway, it takes a lot of money to eventually get a return in your investment and, and make money if you have a business or something. You know, you can invest in a sense in the kingdom of God. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not going prosperity gospel. I'm not going that direction. But there there is a biblical principle when it comes to giving. There is a biblical principle. You can look at it again. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. But this I say, he 
which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. He's talking about sowing and reaping. What is the context? The context is giving. Look at verse seven, the very next verse. For every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Be a good steward of your treasure. Be a good steward of your finances. Don't waste your money. Don't live above your means and get into all of this debt on things that, that you can't afford. If you can afford it, okay, fine. If you can afford some of those things and and as far as you know, according to the principles of the word of God, there's nothing wrong with it. You're not being overly materialistic. I mean, you're the bottom of the Bible says, let your moderation be known among all men. Nothing wrong with having nice possessions as long as you're not wasting your money buying some artwork from some person that it looks like a, something kindergartner drew it and it's worth $3 million. You ever seen some of these things? This painting is worth $3 million. And I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, Nathan could have done a better, better job than that. <laughs> I don't understand. Just because of the, the artist, the painter that painted it. Ridiculous. Um, anyway, invest. There's nothing wrong with investing. Invest. I believe in investing. If you're investing wisely, investing is a good thing. You know, the Bible has a lot of things to say about money, a lot of principles about money. Bible gives that parable about uh, the um, the ruler who entrusted people to his servants with money. And what did he say? He said that one guy, what did he do? He invested it and he drew interest. The Bible calls it usury. It's called usury because people pay you to use your money. He invested it and he drew interest. Another guy, he invested a little bit, got a little bit of interest. And the, the other guy, the third guy, the guy that the ruler was the most upset with, he said, well, I knew that you were strict and, and all of this and, and you would be mad if, if, if I lost some of your money. So I hid it and I saved it. And I didn't do anything with it. I just made sure that it was still there when you returned. And the ruler was upset. He said, well, you slothy, sloth, you slothful, lazy servant. That's just an excuse that you're making. You were a poor steward of the money that I entrusted you with. So the Bible does teach that investing is, is a good thing, as long as you're doing it wisely. There's, there's poor investments and there's, there's good investments. But the Bible also talks about giving, giving, giving. Say, well, I don't have enough money to give. Well, maybe that's because you've been spending your money on things that you don't need. Maybe you need to reevaluate your your budgeting and your your um, spending habits, things like that. Okay, so stewardship, stewardship. I've been giving you three things that you should be a good steward over. God has given us certain things. You need to be a good uh, manager of the things that God has given you. I hope this lesson has encouraged you, motivated you to maybe look a little bit closer about how you are being a steward over your time and your talents and your treasures. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the things that you've given us, that you've entrusted us with. I pray that we would uh, not be 
lazy, that we would not overlook these things, that we would not have any misplaced priorities, but we would um, use these things wisely. We would enjoy the things that you've given us, but we would also always remember that these things, we are not our own, and what we have is not ours. It belongs to you. I pray that we would use these things to glorify God, that we would um, use these things to benefit the, the local church, that we would be moderate in our spending, that we would not waste time, that we would find ways to use our time wisely, and that uh, we would use our, our talents and things, not just for ourselves, not just to be selfish, not just to please the flesh, but that we would uh, find ways that we can give these things back to you that you've given to us. In Jesus' name, amen.